When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, we have Mr. Ben Fratterali. Hey, Ben. Uh, how's it going, guys? I'm a, a active listener of the show, so it's pretty surreal to be to be uh, on it and to and to yeah. see you guys' faces. <laughs> yeah, this is um this show is like meditation for me, and and it's oh, like man. a way to plug into the to the genre of film photography. And um, I love what you guys are doing, so I'm very honored to be on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, we really dude, appreciate so that, cool. Ben. So do you mind giving um, our listeners an intro to who you are and what you're doing and how you got started and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. So I am the host and creator of the YouTube channel In An Instant, which is an instant photography uh, centered sh- channel, which is all about instant film. It's it's about the history of instant film. It's about reviewing cameras. And uh, I have you know new plans coming up. We'll talk about that later. But when I started shooting, it was as a child. I mean, I had a disposable cameras. I had Polaroids. I yes. mean- I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just like taking photos of <laughs> yeah. feet and photos of my mom, like really poorly centered. But um, it was something that I was interested in. It was something that we always had around the house. Again, I had no clue what I was doing and I didn't really develop any skills or anything as I was in middle school or anything until I was a fan of the Arena Football League, which was this minor league that had been around for 30 years. And I am the kind of person who gets so obsessed with things that I like have to go as far as I can <laughs> mm-hmm. with everything I'm interested in. So I was like, oh, yeah. All right. I love this league. So I'm going all in on this. So I made this website. I was 13 years old. I, I'm like hiring writers who think I'm like 40. Oh, my God. I, I started a podcast like this is before podcasts existed. I was like, I got to take photos at the games. I got to take video. So I basically developed like a skill set at a fairly young age of taking photos, video and editing and all that simply from being a fan of this league and wanting to make wow. stuff. And it sort of led to me finally developing like some sort of talent or at least understanding of what I was doing. And uh, then I you know, went to college. So that sort of subsided for a bit. And then I moved to LA and then I drove back. And then once I got (laughs) back here to New York, which is where I'm centered, I got a job at NBC and a production company in Westchester. And that is when I sort of very seriously, my career path of becoming a director and a photographer and 
Um, over time, I eventually became freelance, and that's sort of where I am today in quarantine, making YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your video, your your videos are me and Timothy have been gushing over them the past couple of weeks. Um, I appreciate it. There's a lot of people who come on the show who are so good at the YouTube game that I feel like, <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna quit because <laughs> I don't like what. <laughs> just your wealth of knowledge. Specifically on Polaroid, I have so many questions. <laughs> where, where, where did your like love for Polaroid start? First of all, well, I again, I shot, I shot it as a as a kid, mm-hmm. but I didn't value or really understand what it was when I was, you know, four years old. And I think a few years later, probably like five years ago, honestly, I was gifted an Instax Mini, and I sort of the was gateway. taking photos on yeah, it. The I was gateway. Like, oh my gosh! Now I'm like remembering all of this stuff from back in the day. I was looking at old photos that we took. I mean, we have hundreds of Polaroids. I mean, they're all over the place in my office. And I was just really appreciating how much of an artifact it was and understanding Mm -hmm. like finally that this is a real thing that only existed in that moment when we took the photo. And it's unlike anything I'd, I'd been shooting on digital for so long and sort of getting a little bit exhausted with digital that having something so real was pretty stunning and honestly reactivated my entire interest in it and I again I take things to their extreme so I was like all right now I'm gonna do this YouTube channel (laughs) um however I was a little bit reticent about doing a YouTube channel because from the photography perspective photographers make YouTube channels and it's awesome and it's like supplementary content Mm -hmm. to photography and I think it's fantastic but in the directing video production world it's a Mm. little bit different there's like a little bit of a different perspective on what YouTubers are. They're like, YouTubers are YouTubers, directors are directors, and they don't always mix or they're not always like expected to be mixing. And I was a little bit nervous about that. So it took me a while to sort of launch the channel, but I also put tons of effort into it as you can see. I mean, I really pre-produced it a lot and made sure it was, you know, all the same aesthetic and sort of thought about a lot what I was doing and writing it. So I really appreciate that you guys dig it and that it has some audience so far. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's it's really, especially now that everybody's just like laying around at home. <laughs> right. I sit on my phone and I watch YouTube. I sit on my <laughs> computer and watch YouTube. I pretty much know everything that's on there. You know what I mean? Like if I've, <laughs> if I've searched, you know, Polaroid, like I've seen every video on Polaroid. Right. You're a YouTube yeah, scholar. Yeah. And then like you popped <laughs> up. Because I, you know, Polaroid dropped the new camera. I type in Polaroid now. There's like one 14 second video on their web, on their channel. And then like <laughs> your video on the now. And I'm just like, holy shit, where did this guy come from? Like, what is yeah. this? Like, nice. <laughs> it's a, it's about time. Like, I've seen other people. I forget what it was. It was on your Instagram, on your stories. Like, somebody was just like, I've been waiting for a channel like this. to pop. And I like, I mm-hmm. felt the exact same. Like, I'm, I'm so stoked on on what you're doing like it is definitely well produced and just oh, like funny and i mean the stuff that i've learned i bought two cameras now because of you since the chat <laughs> no, so it's, sorry. i, I love it i'm I love so it. sorry like it's, didn't mean to it's, do it it's a it's a breath of fresh air and it's just like got me all stoked on shooting polaroids again too yeah so you're the per- the perfect guest for <laughs> oh for polaroid yeah, week. Yeah, yes yeah. you're the perfect guest for polaroid week exactly yeah i was gonna say i, I honestly don't think i would have made the channel if there were other channels like mm. it already like there's plenty mm-hmm. of polaroid videos and a lot of great photographers that have great youtube channels that make videos about yeah. polaroid but i saw there was kind of a market for this like instant film centric thing and so i was like 
I guess I'll do this. <laughs> I mean, one and once I decided, I guess I'll do this, I had to fully commit to it and, you know, start preparing. And honestly, in mean, the COVID thing, as terrible as it is, it did create this like window for me mm-hmm. where work work was slowing down a bit. And I was like, okay, now I got to like really push this now. So releasing videos every week, you know, they're very involved videos, but um, I'm glad to be helping some people out who you know want to watch something right now it's always scary taking the youtube leap too. just hearing you say that because i yeah i always forget that it is kind of split you know there's like actors and directors and then there's like youtube people <laughs> and you know right. youtube's finally now starting to get some like credibility in in the big the big world i guess and which is cool but also like you know i've tried doing youtube videos for a while like anytime i do it it just sucks the life out of my photography like I end up shooting hmm. just for YouTube because that's like my shtick. I don't really have right. like a like I'm not like a Polaroid channel or something or like an instant channel. So it's kind of hard to just I don't know. Do you ever feel any of that since you've started doing doing the channel? Yeah, it's an interesting balance because you're like producing a video, but you're producing art and you're maybe making stuff while making videos that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. ever share mm-hmm. with anyone. And like all of us take tons of photos and they're not necessarily <laughs> photos you want to share. But if you're making a video, you yeah. have to share them because right. you made it for the video. So I definitely luckily so far, I've been making videos where I can show sort of a curated mix of photos. I think the only time I really ran into what you're saying is with the Polaroid Now mm-hmm. video, where it was the Polaroid Now, it just yeah. came out. It hadn't even come out yet, actually, when I was shooting that. So I kind of had to share the photos I had. And they weren't necessarily the photos I was, like, proud to share, but I thought it was still important to, like, show people what this camera can do. And um, I am planning to do, in the future, a more involved, longer videos that are about a project I'm working on or documenting Ooh. something and maybe portraiture or a studio session and I'm actually starting to shoot one tomorrow about this long project I've been I've been working on so yeah I think I'm gonna run into that a little bit and it's a multitasking thing also that's just like left brain right brain a lot to mm-hmm. consider I wanted to ask you Polaroid questions I don't know <laughs> yes if, please if, I'm, I'm I've mentioned I mean I'm, I'm a little interested in it <laughs> yeah. let me get my pen and paper out I couldn't tell I couldn't tell <laughs> I've been I've mentioned before I'm reading this book about the Kodak and Polaroid lawsuit that happened uh it's a lot of information so it's taken me a while because it it starts at the very beginning of like where he started with polaroid and there's just so much knowledge in that book that i'm learning bit by bit i guess i want to ask like how did you get into like are you obsessed with polaroid or instant or is it more like instant in general or yeah that's a good question i think there's like a a distinction for sure and as i'm getting into like the community Mm -hmm. you see people that are like i love instax i love polaroid some people that are like I shoot everything but I think there's there's aspects to Polaroid that are very culturally grounded and impactful to history in a way that Instax simply doesn't have and yeah. I think that I read that book it's an amazing book yes <laughs> and um it's really an inter- the lawsuit stuff is incredible but yeah I think I'm very very inspired by Edwin Land mm-hmm. as like an inventor and as like an American 
um, a great American inventor, essentially. And I think that what Polaroid represents is pretty profound and what they accomplished was so incredible that I have an allegiance to the brand of Polaroid yeah. and the history of Polaroid is so interesting. And that's the kind of stuff that Fuji just doesn't really have. Yeah. It's, right. it's sort of a huge company. They make all kinds of products. Instax is just another thing on their docket. And so I th- find it more interesting to dive into everything Polaroid, certainly. But um, I, I do love Instax. And I think I'm actually curious what you guys think about the differences between the film stocks because I love both for different reasons. But some people are just like, I hate the Instax color. I love the Polaroid color. I hate the Polaroid color. I think you you nailed it on the he- on the head in one of your videos where you said like the the Polaroid brand is for like the artists type you know and then the the Instax is for like party have fun with your friends and stuff right, right. so they both definitely have their place I feel like I mean Timothy and I we've been like obsessing a little bit because it's Polaroid week yeah. and like your channel and the book that I'm reading where I'm like Edwin Land was a freaking genius and like he's a god yeah, he, is. To, he is it's like and I know now I know why Steve Jobs said that he was like he's one of his heroes. Because because of just creating something from nothing is insane. <laughs> yes, yeah. And he started off. I'll I'll just paraphrase a little bit of the book. The reason Polaroid happened was because like is somebody in his family cars didn't have polarizer on their headlights, so people who drove at night like could crash into each other and die. And somebody Jesus. he loved like <laughs> yeah. So he like tried to create polarizers for headlights, and then it turned into the whole. You know, polarizers for like all the stuff in the war that went on and his career there. And then he just was like, I want to create an instant photograph. And he like out of like. And he did it. He did it with like his brain. Like what the. (laughs) I mean, that's what like the Impossible Project, the name Impossible Project symbolizes. It's that Edwin Land was like, here's this thing, polarized glass, which people thought, oh, you can't do it. Yeah. People told him you just can't do it. And he said, all right, I'm going to, I just, you know, I'm in college. I'll figure it out. Yeah. He was like a a kid. He was like 20 years old. It's incredible. And so like those sorts of that, that vibe of just like picking yourself up and doing something that changes the world is something attached to the Polaroid brand to me. And I know a lot of people don't even think about it like that. You know, they're just like, oh, it's Polaroid. I remember the nineties or the eighties or whatever. And so it doesn't really hold that kind of weight for a lot of people, but I I personally think of it that way. And so in terms of the different stocks, I think it's kind of interesting. Instax, this is going to be kind of an incendiary thing to say, and I don't know whether you guys will agree, but I think Instax film right now is kind of similar to Polaroid mm-hmm. film from like the 80s and 90s. And I think a lot of people write that off. They're like kind of gotten used to the imperfections of Polaroid and they're like, this is what makes Polaroid Polaroid. But in reality, what Instax color is right now is really what Polaroid looked like back then. And even the film, when you hold it, it feels like a vintage Mm -hmm. Polaroid. It's thin. It's... And so I think there's a lot of like baked in loyalty to Polaroid, which is great because it, you know, it's keeping the brand going. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might be a little bit misguided. Uh, people's disdain for Instax. Yeah, and it's it's funny how people who don't know it's it's like the Kleenex thing. It's like all tissue is Kleenex and all <laughs> yeah. instant photos is right. Polaroid. Like I have stopped correcting people because I feel like yep. this is such a jerk. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, I feel like a dick when yeah. I say that. Because be like, oh, uh, it's well, a po- actually, 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 let me um, tell you all about. Edward Land and how Polaroid he did this. Was founded. <laughs> Man. See, I I still love Instax. Like I'm 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 scared for Instax because you know they probably have like twelve barrels mm-hmm. of the chemicals left and they're not going to tell anyone until it's completely gone. But 
I think it's a great like just like you and Instax Mini was was your way in to to remembering the fun of all this, you know? And right. same with me. I bought a a Polaroid branded Instax Mini and uh fell in love. Was bummed that they were so small, but it was you know, it was my way into remembering of like how amazing that process yeah. is. And I think we mm-hmm. also take that for granted because we have, you know, cell phone cameras and we have instant photography, like instant photos all the time in our pocket and stuff like that. But to actually like watch it come to life and and then you get yeah. to like give yeah, it to somebody. Yeah. That is my favorite thing. Like when I'm walking around town with my SX-70 or even like a Sun 660 or something and they're like, wow, I remember that. And I'm like, dude, let me take your picture. I'll give you the photo, you know. Like just yeah. being able to do that, like, and to get the gears turning and stuff. I have a, a special place in my heart for instant, most also because my fiance. That's how he proposed to me. Oh, that's right. I forgot what? about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell the short version. Actually, Birgit had a hand in it from from uh, Lumography. He reached out to her and was like, "I want to propose to her," and she sent film. And basically, uh, it was part of a contest where, or not a contest. I guess a contest for for them to like push out their their instant cameras. She was like, we want like our Luma, like our Lumo amigos to help us. We're going to do this, this, this contest to take pictures of them and their significant others. And she's like, I don't know if you have a significant other or if you're in, if you have a camera. I was like, I have both. I'll do it. Like, no problem. (laughs) So a few days before I left to go home for the holidays, he was like, you got to do your, your Lumography thing. Let's go to this park and take pictures. So, So I was like, okay, sure. So we're like taking like, couple photos and the last one he was like he basically held up the ring in the photo and as we're watching oh. it develop i was like what are you holding and then i turned and he got down on one oh, knee and was like oh man yeah. that is so good so those are framed in our living room and he was like he was like oh by the way there was no contest Birgit was in on it and I, like i set up the whole thing and i was wow. like what it was so elaborate because she emailed me like weeks and weeks ago so that's that amazing awesome. yes. oh. Wow. Maybe I'll post that photo. Please do. I want to see that. I think it's interesting, you know, just hearing you say that. What Instax kind of represents to is honestly what Polaroid was back in the day, which was the camera you take around Mm -hmm. and you take photos and not necessarily worry that you're... I mean, Polaroid was always kind of expensive. It was more expensive than 35 millimeter film, obviously. But when I look back on my old Polaroids, They were just a slice of life. You know, they weren't necessarily only for creating art. And I think what Instax is doing is providing people with a camera that Mm -hmm. they can go out and shoot with. And it costs 50 cents a shot or something, you know, negligible. And it's providing that cultural touchstone still for people. Whereas Polaroid, you really got to think about it, you know, unless you, you know, are making bank. How, how much you're, you're wasting your film and you have to, and, and some of that is very helpful because it kind of makes you more considerate oh, yeah. on shooting. But I, I don't know. I think there's definitely huge value to both. That's an incredible story. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I like, I love the fact though that Polaroid is the artsy film because it's, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it until you just said it that like the Instax do feel like the older Polaroids. Cause I found a couple old Polaroids from like when I was a kid recently digging through child a box of childhood photos that was given to me and they are a lot thinner i always forget that they're yeah. they're fatter now because they only you know hold eight to a pack and all that stuff i always forget right that. yeah it's pretty it's pretty shocking when you when you hold it now i actually kind of like the oh, thicker me too. film. i hate that it's only eight shots per pack but i love the it feels much better in the hand and uh 
like a much more solid object. Man, so good. I'm just, I, I posted on my Instagram, yes, was it yesterday? It was either yesterday or the day before I found like a, a Spectre camera for five bucks in the box. Yeah, yeah. what the heck? How did you find that? I saw Dude, that. it was so funny. I was, we were going to take some old clothes and like kitchen stuff that we didn't want to the Goodwill. And there was a box. They had like a huge like grab box outside of just like people dumping stuff. And I just, I mean, I don't even know how I saw it, but I saw the corner of it sticking out of the box and I ran over there and our Goodwills have been closed for the whole COVID thing for this whole time. So, mm-hmm. but right. their donation center still open because, you know, just recently we had the hurricane or the tornado down here and like all this stuff. So they're taking a bunch of clothes donations and stuff, but I saw it and I saw the guy working there. He was just like a, like an older dude sitting down, smoking a cigarette, not caring that I was rifling through a box of stuff. And I was like, Hey, I'll give you five bucks for this. I was like, you probably won't post it for any more inside. And he's like, Oh yeah, take it. Take. He's like, don't even get. And I was like, wow. take the five bucks, buy a pack of cigarettes, like whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I walked away with that. But the, it was just funny because like your Spectre video just came out, and like I was always like a, I wasn't one of those like diehards that was like I'm never shooting Polaroid again when Spectre was shut down. But yeah. like I was definitely broken hearted when they when they discontinued that film. So it, it's just funny like how in your video you're saying like the 600 film, the I type film is is so much more profitable and like there's more mm-hmm. of a a group of people that want to shoot that film and it's just like man if there's something that's slowing them down and potentially hold them back from like yeah letting me have my film like i do not want to go through the heartache yeah. of like 2008 no. or 7 or 9 or whenever the hell it right, was when yeah. they called it quits ever again so i mean like you know cut the fat off that and try right. to yeah, yeah it feels very precarious always and it's sort of a weird thing to have to live yeah. with yeah yeah it's like you always feel like the pa- the next pack you buy mm-hmm. could be the last one right. that ever exists exists or something there's something about it that makes that special oh, yeah. too i i i think of things that i document with polaroid a little differently i because they do feel like a special artifact yeah. because maybe this won't exist forever even stuff i'm shooting on spectra right now i knowing that spectra is going extinct yeah. in 20 years maybe polaroid will still exist in some form but i'll be able to look at this spectra sheet and be like wow remember this like yeah. this this being captured with this chemistry and this sheet of film is can never exist again. And in general, also, I think of that with Polaroid because I love taking photos of people yep. and like vintage architecture. Those are sort of the two <laughs> things I shoot a lot. And with people, I, I'm not collecting people necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> like my basement's very clean, but, but I love collecting these photos of my friends, my family, anyone I interact with because it's like, you know, you've captured them in this very unique format that, like you said, I mean, it could go away and and uh, they're very special keepsakes and especially to give one oh, to someone. I mean, mm-hmm. they yeah. can have that forever. Yeah. Are you shooting your Spectra? Because a, a lot of people, myself included, like I just will hoard it now because it's gone. Yeah. Like I have so many stuff that's discontinued <laughs> that I just like don't shoot now. And I'm collecting the box. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I, I went to Brooklyn Film Camera like soon after it was announced and I just bought like 10 boxes and at first they were just sitting in the fridge Yep. and I took one out and I shot it and it was having developer problems like some of the glitches that they were having I was experiencing and I was all I was aware of this that you can't really let Spectra film sit that long like there there is a Mm. or any instant film obviously but especially Spectra which was a more precarious release for them that had more faults if you wait, those faults are only going to be worse. So mm. I'm sort of in this period right now where 
you know, the production runs from the middle of 2019, I'm like getting nervous and yeah. I'm actually using them. I'm using them out a lot for this project I'm working on where I'm going through the Hudson Valley of New York and finding these like 60s signs and buildings and these incredible just facades of theaters and things like that that are probably going to be demolished soon and i'm using spectra a lot because the the format is like perfect for it it's it's got the aspect ratio that i need for that and um yeah that's perfect i don't know it's tough with hoarding yeah but having a series a photo series or like a uh, you know a specific goal really helps with not hoarding you know yes yeah it forces you to keep burning through sheets <laughs> yeah because i i won't like just walk around and shoot nothing you know i'm like it right. needs to be special now because it's not yeah, there's not a lot exactly. of it anymore i would like to highlight one of your videos if i can the <laughs> oh, please. the pole of vision so i had <laughs> i had seen like that pole of vision camera like at thrift stores and i just thought it was a regular you know super eight camera i never had right known that there was a whole like separate it was a develop in the cartridge and you could put in what and then the edwin was like this is what i want to do and everyone's like no don't and it like ruined everything like talk about that a little bit that's crazy can can you don't yeah Yeah. a polavision is one of those discoveries that i found sort of in my research that again like you said i I knew it existed but i didn't know like what that really was and once i figured it once i found out that it was instant picture movie film and that's it was actually That's instant crazy. in the way that the film yeah. shoots were. I my mind was blown. Yeah. And then the implications of developing that product and it eventually leading to Edwin Land because of how badly it failed, getting uh, not fired from Polaroid, <laughs> but kind of being pushed yeah. out. Um, what an insane piece of history that I don't think many people mm. really know. I didn't know. Yeah, I had no clue. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> in Polaroid's history that people don't know because it's like, not a currently active pop culture product. Mm -hmm. Like people sort of know the history of Apple because they use their laptops every day and their phones, but people don't realize there were these like insane product releases, you know, in the seventies and eighties that almost destroyed entire companies. Um, And Polavision was, I mean, it's an incredible product when you feel it and you pick it up and, you know, you run the motor, it feels like an SX-70. It's it's the same quality as an SX-70. Wow. And as users of Polaroid cameras, we're kind of used to the plastic ones and the SX-70. Like those are the two separate things. Yeah. So it's weird that there's this third object <laughs> that is of the SX-70 ilk that you can hold now. And um, I actually sent some of my cartridges up to Canada for the the uh, Noah who runs the YouTube channel Analog oh, yeah, Resurgence yeah. is going to try to expose the cartridges. Oh wow! And I was like, you can try this. I preferred to have them on my shelf, but <laughs> if you want to try that, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's so absurd. And a lot of the stuff that I'm discovering now, just in my research, planning videos, writing videos. I have this video coming out in two weeks about the history of Instax and. That's not really something anyone really right. knows. The the history of Instax is extremely weird. And I keep finding these weird, quirky things. And I'm having a blast, especially now, like pretty much locked yeah. indoors. Yeah, so, it's perfect. perfect. Where yeah. did you find the the actual Polavision TV thing? Oh, my God. I think I got that on Etsy. Really? Wow. I, I, it was one of those things I saw it and I ordered it immediately because I was yeah. like, well I, need, <laughs> well, I need that. <laughs> I need to have that now. And um, sort of that night started writing the script for the video. <laughs> I was like, once I once I discovered what this was, I immediately was like, all right, we're yeah. doing this. It's just wild. Like, again, like I had no idea that that 
existed. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, Chris, I saw the cameras. I even saw one of the TVs at, man, it was at one of our like antique malls that we have here, but they had it for some like absurd price. And I, I was like, I don't even know what this is for. Like I didn't, I just thought it was like a Polaroid yeah. <laughs> branded television from the, you know, seventies yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> But, you know, I, I love when you said in that video, too, that they uh, that the 35 millimeter film that they came out with that you develop in the crank thing. Uh, yep, like they had yeah. like blueprint film and then there was like regular slide film that you could like I talk about him all the time on this show that, that he's like the 90 year old photography guru that I kind of just uh, fell in love with. My Mr. Bob, he uh, he gave me one. He <laughs> gave love. me like 15 packs of that Polaroid film with the cartridges and they're still fresh he like freezes and refrigerates everything so and cool. the crank and it's just like such a wild experience i need to i can't believe i never shared any of those photos i need to find them there's somewhere in one yeah. of my yeah. i need i need to see me yeah, some of it's that because yeah. i shot the the blueprint because they, they you know they had it like instant for blueprint slides for like you know architects to make duplicate copies like on the job and stuff like that it's just such a weird concept because it's 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 funny to think about the uses the other uses of polaroid where like every time like when you look at the job pro camera (laughs) which is like that yellow Mm -hmm. thing they're like you can take photos of construction sites before demolitions (laughs) and it's like all right i guess this was the other use for seeing photos immediately yeah yeah. like there were a lot and medical Medical. like the spectra camera that shoots Mm -hmm. teeth yeah yeah i was just gonna bring that one (laughs) up the macro five like you would never think of that now but it, it's hilarious the other uses that the Polaroid had. That that was it, especially like even in production, like all the the makeup people take oh, yeah, continuity yeah. photos now with their phone. But back then it was they all had the Polaroid. Oh, yeah. So there's so many yeah. like like amazing just snapshots of like amazing f- actors just like in their yeah. costumes. Oh my god! You know? like, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I, I went to a exhibit about 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, in the city or in Queens and there was a ton of incredible artifacts from the movie but some of my favorite stuff was just looking at the Polaroids from on set oh my god I mean it really blew me away because when you look at you know cinema lighting on Polaroid it's it's stunning the detail that they could capture even on something so small and seeing the sets of 2001 and seeing Stanley Kubrick and all the actors on peel apart film yep. was just like, Wild. I almost walked out of there with something yeah. on the wall. I almost was just <laughs> yeah. like, all right, Lauren, go run some interference yeah. or start, yeah. a small fire. Yeah. start a small fire. I got to go take this by. Mm-hmm. Do you ever mess with any of the peel apart stuff anymore? Or are you kind of, I, I nah. haven't. Yeah. Honestly, just the prices really turn yeah. me off because I, I, I'm I know that I'm a runaway train when I get into stuff, and if I'm starting to spend like seventy five dollars on a pack of ten sheets of film, it's going to be the end of me. Yeah, so true. <laughs> you know, it's my wallet is going to just jump <laughs> off the bridge. So I I got to make sure that I I keep it. I mean, even even Polaroid film in general is very expensive, but that just seems like a slippery slope. Yeah, especially because like sometimes you just don't know what. Especially if you're going for like Polaroid branded film, like I I got a couple boxes that were you know listed as fresh and refrigerated and all that stuff of the 669 film it was like a really pink and turquoisey looking film and i mean it still works but it's it's like a ticking time bomb like i don't know oh i know every mm-hmm. every polaroid week i'm just like this is the week i'm gonna shoot it because i always feel bad shooting like peel apart po- uh, fuji film like on polaroid week and <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's just like oh that's not polaroid but um yeah i think i have to dig that out before the week's end yeah i mean it's definitely a curiosity of mine like i was saying like with collecting 
with collecting visuals, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, with Polaroid, where you're actually producing something physical yeah. that you're storing. Uh, I, there is something that definitely appeals to me about getting something on that yeah. format before it vanishes forever. But I don't know. It's just I'm not sure. Maybe I'll visit SuperSense offices and yeah, take a photo there. Yeah, right. But- yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard anything on that in a while. I hope that's still... Yeah, they're, they're, they have that documentary that was going to come out that was all about caps and the history and build up through the impossible project to super sense but then COVID happened yeah. so it's like i don't know uh, what the heck's gonna happen. yeah i hope it comes out soon because i want to know all of it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah same because i was such a fan and still like the impossible project i wish they never would have had to rebrand i mean i know polaroid is like near and dear to our hearts but like this they had to the story of impossible <laughs> yeah. project and even i was like looking up on ebay the other day because that's all i do now is look on ebay and uh, mm-hmm. they there was like impossible project swag. There was like a sticker pack, like some buttons that came with it. It was it was oh I know it was yeah. like when you were uh, like a contributor when they first started doing everything. Yeah, they had like a membership mm-hmm. card. Yeah. and and this guy was selling his whole lot, and I was like, do I really buy this? Like, I really want it, but what you know i don't know yeah a couple years ago actually (laughs) a couple years ago i had a film in this festival and the opening night film was this film called instant dreams have you guys seen it it? yes oh my god it is insane (laughs) it's so trippy it's it's like very weird it's very weird and probably not for everyone no (laughs) um i honestly had to watch it twice because the first time i was just for anyone who hasn't seen it it's sort of a surrealist take on I, i feel that the the filmmaker was trying to make something that in itself was so artistic mm. that they may have lost sight of like the narrative <laughs> yeah. a little bit. <laughs> there, w- there wasn't enough of what I wanted to see in it. No. There's a lot of like CGI chemistry explosions. Yeah. And, I need to like, see this. Yeah. I, I've yet to see it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's on iTunes. It's oh, on I iTunes. Watch it. I will. Yeah. It gets into the Impossible Project stuff a little bit, but again, a lot of CGI chemical explosions, if that's <laughs> that's what you're in for. Yeah. I would dose on some yeah, LSD yeah. maybe before watching. Man, that sounds wild. <laughs> yeah, that documentary, like I said, there just wasn't enough of what I wanted, to, what I was hoping for it yeah. to be. So when you mentioned that other documentary. Yeah, it looks a lot more informational in, in a, like a charming way. Yeah. It's not like the history of Polaroid is, you know, it looks like it has a personality to it, but and and obviously as a filmmaker and i i've always thought about this too i mean this that, that could i could do something longer form mm-hmm. and i i wonder if youtube is sort of my gateway drug into maybe doing something Ooh. more long form and and i do want to do some long form stuff for the channel but when you get into you have to start interviewing people i mean the travel costs alone yeah, it's are, a lot yeah but it's it's cool. I'm glad I'm glad stuff's still being made about the history of that period. So when you were out in LA, was it for like the film industry, I'm assuming? Yes. I graduated from University of Maryland. I was like they did not have a film program. They did not have much for artists, honestly, and I was self learning most of that stuff in college. And so my decision was I'm getting in my car and I'm driving across the country and I'm gonna I you love know, that. I did the same enter thing. Enter the film industry, yes. yeah. <laughs> and it was incredible doing that Mm -hmm. i think that that experience in itself the action of doing that was absolutely changed my life it was amazing but once i was there and i i had lots of meetings and i met a lot of really interesting people and i was working on some projects and learning a lot of stuff i once i was there i still felt this sort of hollowness i think for all of my friends and family Mm -hmm. and i think once you uproot yourself like that especially right out of college which is sort of like this formative period you sort of realize, 
oh, that also made me happy. Like mm-hmm. pursuing this is a, it's great fun, but I don't know how happy I'll ultimately be if I don't have that as well. Like being 3,000 miles away, is it's tough. So I came back. I'm really glad I did it. And when I got – I'm very glad in retrospect also that I came back because of all the stuff that happened once I got back. And my career has taken off a, a bit since then. And so I just feel like it was a great experience. Also, driving across the country, I cannot, cannot understate how much that changed my perspective on the country, mm-hmm. on where I am, my place in this universe. Like I felt like I had the very generic driving through the mountains being like, oh my God, this is what <laughs> the world actually looks like moment. And I traveled, you know, throughout my life minimally, but once I was there, it was like, whoa. And definitely inspired my photography as well. I mean, I go every year back to Colorado multiple times because the mountains are where I feel at home now and where I want to photograph. And so I fully recommend getting in your car once the quarantine is over and just driving in one direction and not worrying about what happens. Yeah. And I know our listeners can't see this, but these are some of the... Uh, Polaroids I captured on my drive. This is Arizona. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Arizona was incredible. Mm-hmm. And also just the the little experiences you have when you're on the road like that, driving through towns that you can't even imagine. Why is there an Italian restaurant here in this <laughs> Western town that has no other buildings? You know, and then eating there and meeting these people and getting stuck in the desert. I got stuck in the desert. Yeah. You know, I, I, there are just all these little things that are, you know, they they paint your life a little bit more interestingly when you look back on them. I wish I had gone a little slower. I I was so yeah. gone ho about like, my my career is in California. I just got to get there. And luckily, I drove across country with a friend who was like, no, we're oh, going to cool. stop. And we're going to like look at the yeah. Grand Canyon because what are you talking about? <laughs> like, And I was like, I'm so glad he forced me to like slow down because I would have just been like, all right, drive, sleep, drive, sleep. Be like, right, and right. missed all oh, of that magic. Yeah. I just, I got lucky. I, I've only ever gone like up and down the East Coast. And then now I live here in Tennessee and flew to California once. But, um, I used to tour in bands back in the day, mm-hmm. like in a band actually. And there was, I, I just wish I would have been more inclined to, to be the guy with the camera because of just, mm-hmm. I have I all the memories of it, but you know, you can only see those kind of <laughs> in dreams. Yeah. But it, it's just, like right. there is really nothing like that though. Like just showing up in like a the middle of nowhere to play a show for thirteen people, mm-hmm. and it, it's like it, it's such an experience. I really think even if you're not in a band or not a something, like get in your car and go on tour. Like it's yeah. so much fun. Then <laughs> document yeah, yeah, it. That's yeah, the important yeah, part. Exactly. <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday, actually, just randomly about that whole experience and how I sort of regret the way I documented mm. it. And she was telling me like, yes, but you've evolved since then. I think it's easy to look back on stuff like you said, Tim, where like you had an experience, you wished yeah, you photographed yeah. it a certain way or you documented it a certain way. But I think you just have to be comfortable knowing you were who you were back then and you maybe captured it however you did back then, but your perspective on the world has changed and so has your ability to capture it. And so like, that's sort of what I've taken away from that. I have some photos from that trip, like they're not my most proud yeah, photos, yeah. but at least I took something i guess and if i did it again which hopefully i will one day i'll obviously t- probably do a documentary or That'd something so yeah great. so have you what kind of jobs are you getting in la were you doing like ca- camera op or i was yeah i was doing some camera stuff i was i mean a pa for a, for yeah. some things and that was just the way to start out when i got back here to new york i was 
at NBC, I was doing this like it was a production job, but it wasn't like a creative production job. And it was awesome just to be inside the building, oh, be inside 30 Rock. Man. Yeah. And the other half of my life was at this production company where luckily the owner of this company just liked me a lot and was just like, okay, you got to help out with productions doing this, this and this, but also go ahead and write something. If you want to write something, go ahead and shoot something if you want wow. to shoot something. And I got to say, I got to tell you that that was one of the most important things that ever happened to me because Basically, she said, okay, you want to make a video? Make a video. I had an entire production staff at my disposal. The first time we made one, I thought we were just going to go out and shoot something at the park. And we did. And we came back. And suddenly the VFX guy was making CGI tears. You know, the editor was doing like- What? We were were sourcing Shutterstock music. Like It was like, what are we doing? I I thought we were just going to do this for fun. And it turned out like over, over a few years, we made tons of just ridiculous videos. And it definitely made me a much better director. It made me much uh, more interested and knowledgeable about the technical aspects of of shooting. And so after I left NBC about two years ago and I just decided I'm going to be a full-time freelancer and I just committed to it. And um, so now I do mostly like commercial work. Um, and some music videos and stuff like that. So, yeah. Man, so is it is it just you or do you have like a team or how does that all work? Right now, so yeah, so I left that production company. I still work with them. Like we collaborate on stuff all the time. Amazingly, so I was there for a while and hopefully they don't listen to this or we'll have to redact <laughs> it. But um, my grandmother founded a design company in the wow. 90s and she basically left Macy's Whoa. The, where, where she was like an executive at Macy's and was like, I'm just going to start a design company. And my mom eventually left CBS where she was working and decided I'm going to join her. And honestly, I can't believe they did that. It was an incredible yeah, thing that they that did. Just some, decided to leave these stones, major, man. yeah, leave these major companies and start a design company out of her basement. I mean, I'm still inspired by that. Yeah. And so fast forwarding to me being at this production company and NBC, we're making stuff. I'm working. I'm making stuff that I think is getting much better. And my mom eventually one day was just like, I don't really know why you're at these other places. Like we have a, a studio here that we're just thinking of starting. Like we have a space upstairs. You can maybe develop that wow. into something. And I was just like, whoa, this is an interesting opportunity. And I was a bit nervous at first to throw away those yeah, other things. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially I joined the company FAI Design Group. I'm sort of like the resident director, I guess you could, or director in residence or however you'd say. So I have this entire floor up here that is like a photo studio, a video studio. I have an office and I do photo shoots for the company when they need it. But I do a lot of freelance video that I simply run through the company. I work with agencies in the city and wow. stuff like that. So it's been this really, really, I feel very fortunate to have this. because it's amazing. Yeah. Having the studio alone is like a playground out there. Yeah. I mean, if I'm like, and, and there's full staff is downstairs. So if one day I'm just like, all right, we're doing a photo shoot today. <laughs> Everyone is so excited. They're like, all right, what camera is this? I'm like telling them what a Polaroid Spectra camera is. You know, we're, we're busting out the backdrops and it's a very fun, artistic lifestyle to just have that at your fingertips at all times. So yeah, that's sort of my daily life. And Dream. I live not far from the studio. So it's like, yeah. So I'm still coming into the studio right now, even though we're, you know, COVID centric, yeah. mm-hmm. COVID, COVID, uh, COVID central over here in New York, but nobody is here in this building. So I'm sort of alone here, which is 
a little bit ghostly, <laughs> but you know, it's it's still keeping me a little bit like not from going crazy. Right, I'm still right, going right. In somewhere. Yeah. See, that's that's really cool because even in your your YouTube videos, I feel like the studio that you shoot those in is like mm-hmm. a, like a character too. Like I I feel like oh yeah, dude, he's in that spot again. Like I recognize that. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. just I I really enjoy that. It gives it a uh, what is the word like consistency to the videos that that is really cool. It's really awesome that you have that, and that is such an amazing yeah. story too. Like. I've always back in school when I was in high school and after high school I was in the printing world like I I wanted to own my own print shop like that was my dream to run like a a couple mini presses out of my basement and to you know do all the design myself and it was just my whole thing and like then the printing industry died so (laughs) it was yeah it was was kind of shot down after that but bring it back Timothy well I mean yeah you know now's the time now you see all the hipsters doing like letter set type printing and all that fun stuff but <laughs> right it's, yeah it's yeah, yeah it's just like everything else i don't know i you know i don't yeah, i don't this- remember it's been so long i I mean, I'm sure it's like riding a bike. Like if I'd start messing mm-hmm. with it again and learning it all over again, it wouldn't take yeah. that long. But that's just such an incredible story. Yeah. This building actually, just as a footnote to this, the building was constructed by Cosmopolitan Magazine what? in like 1895, 1895. And basically they built it to be their headquarters. And then they were purchased by like Hearst or some major company. And they moved back to the city. They left this cathedral. They built like a Greek cathedral wow. in Westchester. Whoa. Like it's it's totally sticks out like a sore thumb. This building looks insane, <laughs> and it became a silent movie studio after that. And eventually, they cleared that out, and a bunch of businesses moved in. So my studio it was interesting. What you said about the character of the way it looks, it actually used to be outside. Like part of the studio, I'll show you in the the Patreon exclusive yeah. <laughs> after show. I'll show you. We have these pillars in the studio that used to be the exterior of the building. That's so crazy. It's got this character to it that also makes it really fun to shoot and um, yeah there's always a new angle here there's always a weird little place to go it's a very weird building it could collapse at any moment but we'll be all right I can't wait to see it yeah yeah a strong gust of wind might (laughs) take it down down. Oh yeah. man! So, do are you the sole like producer of your your YouTube videos as well, or do you do you have a team to help you? Like, who did your intro? That intro was so I did good. The, yeah, <laughs> I did the intro. Thank you so much. Yeah. I did the intro. I you know, like I said, my family has like a design background. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was like a hand illustrator for logos in the 40s and 50s yeah totally in your blood yeah exactly so i'm not a designer like i do do i do logo design i do design for video it's not necessarily my full-time job but i loved when i was digging into in an instant i was like oh wow okay now i get to play with this aesthetic yeah and i just kind of went crazy with it as you can see it's like very primary color focused um it's I was able to do some motion graphics for the intro and I'm having a great time just playing with that. As for like collaborating with other people, like I was saying, I was a little bit nervous kind of going into this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know whether, you know, I haven't like blasted it out to my friends necessarily. Hey guys, I'm making a YouTube video. Can you go <laughs> shoot with me? Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily want to burden anyone with the task of doing this until I knew it was going to be something valuable mm-hmm. to the internet, which I still don't know if it is, but hopefully we can build an audience over time. And so I haven't necessarily involved anyone yet. I do have plans in the future to do videos that are shot by, you know, I have plenty of friends that are directors of photography and audio guys. I I have crew film crews that I work with regularly that I could use to make broader videos. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I think once I, once it's justified, I will start involving other people. But until then, I'm having a good time just putting up the camera and 
screwing up as many times yeah. as I want because no one's watching. Yeah, you're do- you're doing a great job. I especially like, like all your little shout outs. The one was like shout out to ants. Keep doing your thing, yeah. and I was yeah. like, Ant- ants are doing amazing. <laughs> I never thought about it until you it was like shout out. I was like, yeah, shout out to ants. <laughs> yeah, they're doing they're doing their thing. They're marching. Literally, it's crazy though because I I I often think of kind of the pigeonhole that happens when you pick like a a certain style, you know, that you're mm-hmm. like an instant yeah. camera guy, you know. But I I right. feel like man, I now's the time. Like now's the time to really rally on this stuff and show, you know, Polaroid and even Fuji that we're here for their yeah. their <laughs> film and all that stuff. So it's I, I don't think you're going to have much problem picking up traction on the channel once it, you know. Not at all. Yeah, I really didn't know when I was starting it. I didn't necessarily have a great marketing plan for how I was going to push the videos. So I was actually pretty shocked upon just posting the first two, how many comments were coming in, how many people were liking them. And the other half of that, as you guys know, as YouTubers yourself, I don't, you're not exclusively <laughs> YouTubers, but you have yes. channels. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a concern. It's like I'm putting something out there into YouTube, which has a notorious personality unto itself, I might get lit up in these comments. I might get trashed. People might say I'm ugly. People (laughs) might, you know, think these videos are stupid. I don't know what the hell was going to happen. And I've just been blown away by the positivity. I think that's maybe the craziest part about this so far is that I felt immediately that people were receptive of this. They were very like loving in the comments. I was like, wow, this is really nice. People are very nice. I <laughs> yeah. thought this was going to be a madhouse in the comments for some reason. I don't know. I just didn't know. And I don't think there's been like one negative comment about the videos themselves. There's been negative comments about Polaroid yeah. as a company and stuff like that. But it's been very positive. And That's I think great. right now, right now in such like a hectic world we're in, Having that positivity has been just a very welcomed addition to my life, I guess. No, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad it's it's doing well. You deserve it, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And I, I hate that YouTube has that like represent like. Oh, yeah, I know. Reputation <laughs> that, you know, people are afraid to even do it because of I know. the negative stuff. I, I, I feel like I know they're trying to kind of make sure that doesn't happen as much. Yeah. Um, but it, it hasn't happened as much as it has in the past. So maybe either people are chilling out on trolling or right we're just lucky that we're in the a community that is trying to support each other i think that's a big part of it yeah. i think that's a huge part of it because i've i've been entering this community i guess vis-a-vis the channel mm-hmm. i was i had an, an instagram account i had been taking instant photos for a while but i wasn't in the community i didn't think like i was commenting or liking posts but it wasn't like relevant to the community in any way so this has been an amazing entry yeah. into who these people actually are yeah you know talking with these people every day it's it's extremely loving everyone is bound together by this by this desire to create something special on this format that is very tenuous that could go away at any moment and everyone's sort of appreciating what they have yeah and i think that's a big part of why everybody is so together on this i don't really know what like the 35 millimeter community is like necessarily i've read some flicker threads in the past (laughs) that were kind of insane yeah Yeah, it gets rough out there (laughs) and um yeah, it can be rough, I think, but the instant community has been very welcoming. That's good. That's really good That's to nice. hear. Because it, it always bums me out when you have like the armchair experts that, you know, yeah. you, you forget yeah. to mention one thing about something and they are just, they'll tear your ass apart. Like I. Yeah, they're waiting, oh, they're yeah. waiting to correct you. Like, I just remember <laughs> saying that one of the cameras that I reviewed on my channel, like didn't have a bulb mode and it doesn't specifically have a B that you put the, the mm-hmm. camera in and they're just like. 
Well, how how dare you if you don't know that you have to cock the shutter twice, turn the lens inside out, smash it off the ground three times, and then it'll go into bulb mode. And it's like, well, that's a little ridiculous. That's why it wasn't. Yeah, technically yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim, I am yeah, appalled ex- that you <laughs> would dare produce content that had any misinformation. I know, it's insane. Uh, it's, it makes me sick. I'm sick to my stomach still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because it's like one of my like biggest viewed videos. It's and and it cracks me up because it's got like an insane amount of dislikes all because of of the uh, bulb, the bulb mode. I, who dislikes YouTube videos? I just That's what I always say. Like I don't know. What just Why? leave it. Leave it alone. It's not it's not Reddit. Like the dislike <laughs> button isn't affecting the rank no. of anything. It's just negative yeah it's just being well, negative. i mean technically in youtube terms it's engagement so you need to look at it like right. i i started doing after i beat myself up for weeks and months and years yeah, about yeah, the yeah. dislike <laughs> button i'm now like hey you still click something and that means that it could potentially get pushed to one more person that's so. true yeah it's also funny because like I'll be like, oh, I got three dislikes, and my fiance will be like, how many likes did you get? I'm like, forty seven, yeah. and he's like, yeah, it's okay, the dislikes. What? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't understand. It's three thumbs down. I'm upset. Those can stand out for sure, or one negative comment yeah. can stand out mm-hmm. much more than than all the positivity. But luckily, it's it's not that it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not. There. Yeah. Yeah, and I love your guys' YouTube channels. Oh, by thank the way. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, since we're on it, hopefully, I have a space like yours to shoot in one day. That's the goal. Yeah, you guys are welcome to come visit if you know once this is over. Yeah, yeah well, we're, gotta, we were supposed to be in New York with Lomography. I um, know, I know. So we're hoping. I mean, everything gets. Who knows? But yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we will hopefully sooner rather than later. So I guess yeah, so. I could show you around. You know, we I could, would. We could I go would to the studio. That. We could. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't believe. On a side note, like our governor is opening up this state, and I'm extremely oh terrified. Wait. Oh God, I didn't know. Yeah, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because you know I've gotten approved for unemployment and stuff like that, thankfully. And yeah, that's that's it, nice. like since becoming sick with the whole diabetes thing like i kind of have an excuse not to go back to work for an i'm like right i'm just like as long as i can like have some sort of an income it doesn't have to be much you know just enough to get our bills paid and eat yeah i'm cool with maybe not going back to work right away and playing it safe because it's scary people are dying and they're just yeah, like right they're like Oh, it's it's nothing, you know. Our reco- the governor said he's opening the state because our recover our recover rate is higher than our death rate, and we're like breaching on ten thousand. You know, it's not L.A. Ugh. or New York or anything like that, or even Pennsylvania, like where my mom is. I'm just like terrified for her. Yeah, I know. And it just it's 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 mind blowing that they you know that people are that stubborn and I don't know I don't know it just yeah it's insane. I I um I was on that live zoom thing you guys yeah, yeah, did I saw, where, I saw you in there yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 where you were sort of talking about photography <laughs> mm-hmm. during covid and i didn't say anything because i was like i don't know anyone there's like 50 people in here I don't know what's going on here <laughs> but um i thought it was interesting to hear people's perspectives there's definitely communities where going out and taking photos right now is like oh my god that what is that person yeah, doing yeah. you know yeah. this person is breaking key violations you know but uh, and I've seen some photographers, especially in the New York area, that are going out and shooting in Manhattan, and their Instagram comments are just like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like, you know. And I don't know necessarily where I stand on that because I'm guilty of driving through Manhattan a few weeks ago because I was just curious, yeah. and yeah. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that I wasn't putting myself or anyone else in danger because we were staying in the car. You know, we didn't we didn't interact with anyone. We weren't a hundred feet near anyone, 
Um, and I don't necessarily know where I stand on it because I know we were being safe, but I also know America is not very smart. Like we're not like the smartest yeah. group. And, and people, if they're given a little rope, will do something stupid. So I agree, Tim. I don't think that's the right move. And it's just going to lead to people doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's plenty of people who don't even believe this is an I issue. I know. You know 5G? They think it's 5G internet or whatever? <laughs> I mean, my cell data has been slower. I mean, they might have something there. I mean, it's insane. I don't know. Oh, jeez. But I'm excited for once this is over and we can start seeing people oh, again man. and yes. photographing, you know, humans again. I mean, my girlfriend is, I don't know when she's going to get sick of me, but... <laughs> She's my subject Same. right now. Yeah. And you my know? cats. Mm-hmm. Man, I've wasted so oh, many dollars yeah. on cat photos that I, I can't even... I don't even want to think about it right now. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I have I have this pile of Polaroids I took in the last like oh couple God. days. And oh, that's awesome. like 25% of them are of the same cat in the sleeping position he's in like every day. Cats are doing amazing right they now. They are. Cats and dogs. My mm-hmm. dogs are yeah. loving it. Dogs are hype right now. Yeah. Cats, cats, I guess, maybe want us to leave. I don't know. Yeah, I think my cats like, are yeah. sure where sick they of us. Yeah. They're just like, are you guys ever going to leave again? Like, we like to go in the cabinets and we like yeah. to eat the plants. <laughs> like, can you please leave yeah. so we can destroy this place? We'll be right back with our listener interaction for Ben right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. We're going to give you the the tough question now. (laughs) If you could only shoot with one camera for the rest of your life, Desert Island camera, what would it be and why? Well, the context of the island is very important to me. (laughs) I think the fact that you're on an island is something to consider because every time someone comes on here, you know, a lot of people struggle with this question and I fully understand why. I think I'm naturally compelled to say, oh, I'd shoot with the SLR 680, you know, no question about it. Best Polaroid camera ever. But, you know, I'm on an island and my entire life is gone. And now I got to document this island. And I don't know necessarily that like a square format Polaroid film is, is the right move. Knowing that there's a dark room on the island, there's that's another yeah, consideration. Yeah. Uh, I think I would probably want to shoot with like a Pentax six seven Ooh. because you'd want the larger you'd want the larger canvas. You know, you got this island. You're you're alone here. I think you'd want to capture more of it. And I think I love medium format, and that would probably be my go to. Um, and then I would want to have a, an SLR six eighty there. I mean, <laughs> in for, the back pocket. You know, yeah. yeah, in the back pocket, take a photo of some wildlife, you know. I don't know what I'm going to find on this island. Maybe a hatch. Yeah. <laughs> never know. <laughs> oh, never man, know. that's right. I always forget. Chris, you've never watched Lost. I've never watched it. I know. Yeah, that's devastating yes. to hear. <laughs> well, I, I know. You mentioned 30 Rock, and I we actually just started 30 Rock, like, Ooh, that's last a good week. One too. So I'm, like, in the 30 Rock, like... Another episode, oh, another episode. Yeah, another yep, episode. Yep, yep. No, keep going, keep going. So maybe Lost will be next. I don't know. Yes, I think it should be it next. Should, yeah. <laughs> the island needs like, you. Like started over right after. We're, I think we have 10, 10, epi- 10 or 11 episodes left until oh my it's like over. Like we're on season six. Like Locke just destroyed the temple. And, oh, no. Or flock, I should say. And it, it, Chris is like... Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't remember any of this when it comes yeah, down to it. Yeah. But we're already like sitting there because we always... It, it's like our routine. We eat lunch and watch an episode right. of Lost. Mm-hmm. We get ready for bed and watch an episode of Lost. So it's this routine we've started doing again since yeah. we have nothing else to do. It'd be devastating to let that go. I yeah. Mean, oh, no. I guess you can start from the beginning. Yeah, that's what we're already like, dude, I can't wait to start this over. Like, do you remember how <laughs> oh happy God. everybody is like in the first couple seasons? And it's just like, yeah. 
man. But anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. yeah. We had to mention yeah, that. Sorry, definitely. Chris. That's okay. Second part <laughs> of the question. Is there anything you're lusting after right now? Any white whale cameras? Anything you're like, I've never shot, but oh man. Yes. I think I do have a couple of white whale cameras. One of them is the Wide Lux. We were talking about the Jeff Bridges yeah. interview earlier. Yeah. The... I think something that is interesting, I also shoot 35 millimeter and medium format, but occasionally as someone who really grew up with digital, I guess, or or just becoming very used to the process and format of digital, uh, I think something that appeals to me greatly about some of the variations of film that exist is that they can do things that digital cameras cannot do. So the Wide Lux is such an interesting camera because it's providing a wholly new kind of a wholly new format yeah and it's just kind of pricey and i know they break a lot so i'm a little bit nervous about like diving into that but that's definitely one of them and i also really want a polaroid 600 uh se the goose camera that gigantic boxy thing oh, yeah that was used yeah. by journalists it's a it, it has variable backs and i don't think it's common to find one with like a 600 you know instant film back but that would definitely that's definitely something i want what's it called it's called the Polaroid 600 SE. Okay. And it's a beast. I mean, it has interchangeable lenses. Oh, wow. It's it's probably like everyone talks about the SX70 and the SLR 680 as being the best Polaroid cameras. And I, I still would argue that. But the 600 SE is providing something definitely different and perhaps better if you if you get very familiar with it. So that would be a really cool thing to shoot on. I want I want one of those. It, it's really cool too because I've been seeing a lot of different companies pop up now with instant backs for, you know, the RB67 or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But they're still just like a little out of my price range. You know, 300 bucks yeah. is, is is 300 bucks, especially at times like this. I, I don't have 300 bucks right now, but that's sure. definitely something I wish, I don't know, if Polaroid had a suggestion box, I would definitely Yeah. You know, yeah. Scribble something down. Polaroid is is it's weird about that because you you often see those backs coming out and they're almost always for Instax. Yeah, I actually yeah. would say ninety nine to one hundred percent of the time they're for Instax because Instax is more of like an open source format in a sense. Like Lomography makes cameras for it. There are no Polaroid cameras that are not made by Polaroid. So. That is, but it also opens up opportunities for the Instax format that I think are creatively really interesting. So I do want one of those backs. I want to try that. I I agree though. They're kind of, they're kind of pricey. And anytime you find a Polaroid back on eBay, it's like 600 bucks or something ridiculous. It's insane. Give me a, give me a break. (laughs) Also, I I, I sometimes feel bad even, even suggesting in videos, like some, I recorded a video that's coming out in two weeks about the SX-70 and SLR-680 and just like the differences and things like that. And they are expensive cameras and and Mm -hmm. it's sort of easy to forget that. Cause when I, when I, you know, I bought a $10,000 camera once and it was like, (laughs) okay, that's where my mind's at in terms of what I'm willing to spend on a digital device. Right. And then when you come into the film world, there's such a wide gamut of price points and people's willingness to spend money on something that is probably a hobby. And it's something I needed to sort of check myself on because most people are just doing this for fun. Mm -hmm. And you can't be like, why don't you go outside and spend 300 bucks? Like, it's great. It's the best thing you can have. Well, that's not necessarily what everyone's doing Mm -hmm. here. And so you got to give love to the impulse. You got to give love to the 660. You know, there's there's a lot to mine out of that too. And I think it's interesting that we, as a community, are such an array of people. There's people that are really serious that are spending a lot of money on film and a lot of money on cameras. Mm -hmm. And there's some people who just are learning for the first time. And I put out a video that was really the beginner's intro to film formats. 
that was like the fourth video I released and I was a little bit reticent of doing like a beginner's video, but the reaction to it was very warm because people are like, I'm just getting into this. Yeah. Like, that I'm, I'm, it's awesome seeing this. And I really like that too. So I hope I can provide more of that with the channel. Dude, I just I like, love that video you know. too. It was just really cool to see the breakdown of the different prices mm-hmm. and all. Because I mean, even even Instax isn't cheap. I mean, I know we all say it's no. like, oh, I shoot Instax because it's so much cheaper and Polaroid, blah, 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 you know. But it's like it's still damn expensive. Yeah, yeah. it's very subjective. What, what people consider cheap, and you know, Instax is cheap in comparison to Polaroid, but it's still a thousand times more expensive than shooting. A digital photograph yeah, yeah. which is free so it's it's a bit of an adjustment for some people i think it's just crazy that there's cameras out there like we were talking on instagram not too long ago about the the mint rf uh mm-hmm. oh my god like that camera Dude, is I know. like i would kill to just you know even try one yeah no i know a lot of the dis- when the mint rf 70 is like 700 to 800 yeah. and it's by far the most expensive integral instant film camera maybe of all time like i have to i have to check yeah. that but yeah. like even at its height, no no Polaroid camera was that expensive. So, yeah, it's weird. A lot of times I justify expenses in photography and filmmaking by, you know, how will this pay off for me? Yeah, yeah. I'm buying this really expensive camera, but I have a photo shoot next week. And, you know, I'll be right, getting right, right. returns on mm-hmm. that or, or including it in the budget. And Polaroid is not that. <laughs> no. It's very much a personal <laughs> yeah. thing. You are just... The money is going away and it's never coming back. Yeah. So it, it's definitely I have to rewire a little bit sometimes when I'm thinking about spending in this uh, subgenre, I guess. But I don't know. It's so fun. How do you not do, do it? Do you have exactly. a ton of cameras? Yeah, I was, that cameras? was another question I, I was going to yeah. ask. I have a ton of cameras. <laughs> I have way too many cameras. I have I don't know how many cameras. I, I probably have 25 total cameras across the spectrum of cameras. You know, I have multiple impulses, a 660, an SX70, an SLR 680, multiple Lomography cameras, mm-hmm. Instax mini, Instax wide. It, once you start, start digging into the hobby, if you become obsessed with it, it's it's like I said, a slippery slope because there's so many yeah. different yeah, things to exactly. try. Exactly. Also, like it's one of the, the fun parts of it is like, oh, I, yes. I'm also going to collect everything that was ever absolutely. made at Polaroid. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Polaroid cameras are in themselves art pieces. And mm-hmm. so- you might buy a uh, Sun 660, which looks amazing. It's like the classic Polaroid look. Camera. And then you might graduate to an SX70 or something, but you don't want to sell that. Why would you sell this, the 660? No, no. It's a beautiful object that you own now. Exactly. So you end up accruing these cameras, and I, I love having them around. In the after show, I'll sort of bring my phone around and show you yeah, some of the, yeah. the stuff I got on the shelves. But yeah, it's... um. What are you going to do? You just got to do it. I mean. it. For me, it's part of the fun. So I, I, It is part of the fun. It's yeah. part of the fun of film photography in yeah. general. You get introduced to this world of variations that you never saw in digital. You, When you buy a digital camera, that's the generation of camera you purchased. Maybe you have to buy two of them if yeah. you're shooting a wedding or yeah. something. And with film cameras... You, there's just this it's like walking into a it's like walking into a candy store for exactly. the first time I gotta try the Reese's I gotta try the <laughs> Taffy yeah mostly those two the Reese's and the Taffy but but perfect analogy yes exactly <laughs> but yeah so I own quite a bit I've sort of settled though on my film cameras not my non-instant film cameras I have the Canon EOS 10s, which was like the second generation of the EOS line that Canon produced in the 90s and I don't think I'm gonna necessarily move on from that it's kind of servicing all my 35 millimeter needs i also have the av1 which is like the weird cousin of the ae1 and um and the pentax 645 n2 and that's sort of like my setup for that like i don't think i need to 
go further unless someone has a wide lux they want to <laughs> yeah there in. you go there you go yeah yeah awesome well ben this has been so good thank you for coming on and sharing all your knowledge and and re-inspiring us where can everybody check out the youtube channel first of all we, we will try yes to- first of all you can you can go to youtube youtube.com slash in an instant in an instant you can find me on instagram at <laughs> at the.instantgram. This is a friggin' riddle. My person, my personal account is Fraternally. That's just the username. And my website is Fraternally.com. So I have quite a, a footprint on the internet. You could probably find um, find me in plenty of places, but those are the, the instant camera, instant film related places. Awesome. Timothy, what about you? Guys, head over to Instagram. You can find me at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Easiest way to find it is go to the search bar. Just type in Timothy Makeups. You'll find a whole bunch of stuff there. Chris, where are you? So I am Chris B. Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram, and we have a Facebook page and a group. Join it. Join it. Yeah, that's it for us. Guys, just join it. Just join it. Hang out, post photos, post whatever you want, start the conversation. We love seeing it. Ben, thank you again so much. This has been incredible. Thank you guys for having me. Again, it's a huge honor. uh, I'm happy to be on the show. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 First off, we want to thank Ben for coming on the show. In an Instant is definitely one of my favorite YouTube channels. I'm completely obsessed with what you're doing. Same with Chris, I believe. (laughs) Thanks again for coming on. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed Polaroid Week, Spring 2020. I know I shot, I mean, an insane amount of Polaroids. I think Chris is out there shooting and ordering Polaroid film as well. Guys, we just love Polaroid so, so much. So that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Just for a buck or two, you can get the show two days early every Monday. It's usually posted by 9 a.m. We also have a bunch of other stuff over there. We're doing Patreon after shows, Patreon special shows, just a whole bunch of stuff. Guys, head over, check it out, see if it's something you're interested in. And until next week, we will see you soon. Later. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.